Hi, I'm Brent Stafford and welcome to another edition of RugWatch on GFN.TV. Nicotine vapes are toxic, filled with dangerous chemicals and metal particulates that are hazardous to one's health. For anti-vaping zealots, these charges seem to never grow old, despite over a decade of use by tens of millions of vapors and plenty of scientific evidence to prove otherwise. But challenging these accusations is not easy as the chemistry is hard to understand and near impossible to communicate. Joining us today is someone who knows how to do both, Mirik Dvornichuk, organic chemist, freelance journalist, and tobacco harm reduction advocate from Poland. Mirik, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Mirik, when you hear a media report that vaping is toxic, what runs through your mind? My mind oscillates, I would say, between rage and despair or frustration. Because, as you said, after all those years, 15 or even more, uh, we gathered enough evidence as far as chemistry and medicine is concerned that we can say that vaping is much, much less dangerous than smoking. Of course, it's not just like inhaling clean air, but still it, it's much, much less dangerous. And if they, in the media, here in Poland too, they repeat the same old story about toxic substances in the aerosol, in the liquid, in the juice, that makes me feel a bit sad. Now, is it fair to call some of the science out there on vaping junk science? Well, without hesitation, I would say yes, because sometimes uh, when they conduct some research, they try to confirm the preconceived concepts. So they say, they think like that. Well, let's try to prove that there are carbonyl compounds in it. And if they look deep enough, then they will find it. Well, it will be in the picogram or nanogram level, but still, yes, there is. It's not toxic at all. Much more toxic is the air that you inhale in the street. So are you a vapor? I guess, actually, I should ask, are you a former smoker? Yes, I am a former smoker. I come from the family of smokers. My mom was a chain smoker, I would say, 80 cigarettes a day. She was a doctor. <laughs> My dad was smoking until he reached like 40 and he was able to quit cold turkey. That was amazing, really. But my mom smoked till the very end. And I was a smoker, maybe not that heavy smoker, but a smoker, a pack a day, uh, for 35 years. I discovered electronic cigarettes by accident because a friend of mine, she was a translator of Italian, 
uh, approached me, asked me, uh, hey, could you explain the chemistry in the, I guess it was the first report uh, made by Dr. Mare Lodgerson from New Zealand. And it was really packed with chemistry. So I tried to explain it in plain language and I was interested in the subject. Uh, so I said, well, why don't give it a try? I did it and it is already almost 14 years when I away from regular cigarettes and I'm an avid vapor. So what exactly is organic chemistry and how does that apply to vaping? Well, organic chemistry deals with uh, chemical compounds containing carbon atoms. A juice that we are vaping is a mixture of organic substances. Only organic substances like propylene glycol, glycerin, nicotine, uh, flavors. It's a, flavors are a mixture of plenty of chemicals. So it's definitely the subject of organic chemistry and analytical methods uh, of organic chemistry. Now, you've been debunking bad science on vaping since the beginning. Tell us about that. I was a vapor, but then I tried to find some information in the Polish media. And I found so many lies that I was, I was very, very sad because, you know, when you read something that is just a pure lie, then you, you get angry, you start to be angry. Merrick, what are the most often attacks on vaping that you've had to debunk? First, we don't know what's in it. What is in the juice? And 10, 10, maybe not 10, but 15 years ago, maybe they were right because most of the liquid was imported from China. I would say in 2012, there were already some Polish companies not only mixing juice, but producing from the scratch. So they bought nicotine from reliable sources, pure nicotine, pure pharmaceutical grade propylene glycol, pure vegetable glycerin, etc. They were they started to mix them. They started to analyze them because some of the of those companies had quite nice chemical laboratories, analytical laboratories. So they absolutely knew what's in it. And the customers also could ask them, hey, could you provide us with the results of the analysis? Yes, please. Every batch was analyzed. So at that time, Minister of Health shouldn't 
shouldn't, I said, shouldn't tell us we don't know what's in it because they also knew. They got those analyses, they got everything, but they tried to neglect it just. So, Mirak, you ended up writing what became a very popular ebook and started a blog and then did some guest blogging and became quite the phenomenon. Tell us about that. At first, I was approached by plenty of people asking simple questions. And if you hear this question once, twice, 30 times, that you get bored with that. So I thought, well, let's do something more. And I started to, to write a book. Uh, and it was really a success because four editions, almost 50,000 copies sold. So that was, that was quite good. And uh, the book was usually for the older people that would like to switch from regular to e-cigarettes. But then I started a blog in Polish uh, for the young, younger generation. But still, I always say e-cigarettes are for those who already are smokers and want to switch, want to quit regular cigarettes and start to vape. Plenty of people loved the blog and I got a response from the vape shop owners that uh, they just tell their customers, hey, why don't you go just and check the Starichemic blog, there is everything in it. And you also guest blogged uh, on the popular uh, newsletter and overall community around nicotine, which is nicotine science and policy. And policy, right, right. So I wrote, I wrote several entries there uh, in English, and uh, as I said, as as I've heard, it was quite popular. So overall, you saw a need that there was a hunger for knowledge that you were satisfying. Oh, yes, definitely a hunger of knowledge. And something that uh, I uh, am aware of, informed choice. Because if you have a source of information, then you can make a choice. And if there is only bad information, uh, false information, then you cannot make an informed choice between smoking and vaping, right? Was there an aspect of community building going on with the books and the blogs and the forums? Yeah, yes. Uh, I would say if let's go back in time 50 years, the vape, vaping wouldn't be so popular because of the lack of sources of communication. From communication, we can build a community, a small community within, let's say, a city or a bigger community within a country. Like here in Poland, we have three or four forums for vapers. 
people can exchange the ideas, people can uh, talk to each other, uh, send them the equipment and so on and so on. So the community is something that made the vaping popular, at least in Poland. It was between 2010, 2012, we have an exponential growth from like 50, 20, 50,000 of vapors, half a million, million, 1.5 million. That was that was really, really fantastic. And it was only for a couple of years, two, three years, when we the growth was exponential. And then it slowed down because of the authorities. The authorities started to look at us, telling, hey, this is bad. This is toxic. That is something very, very bad. And there were numerous texts in the newspapers, on the internet, even on the webpage of Minister of Health. So is it safe to say then that today the science is showing that legal, legally obtained nicotine vaping products are not toxic at the levels in which they're for intended use? Yes, sure. Well, uh, I usually tell people about the father of modern medicine, Paracelsus. He said everything is toxic and nothing is toxic. Only the dose is important. So even though we have some toxic substances in the juice or in the aerosol, then the level is so, so small, then we can neglect it. I also feel that the, the comparison to smoking is not enough to really move the needle. The 95% less harmful and this or that. People need to have something wired in clearly. I'm wondering if we could say that nicotine vapes, legal nicotine vapes are shown safe. Yes, yes, I definitely would tell that it is it is safe. It is safe unless you just try to mix something illegal into in, in it. So legal products that are on the market are safe. Mirak, you mentioned flavorings. How much of an issue are they today? in your opinion? Well, in fact, I am I am quite angry that in some countries, the flavors are being banned. And the same situation can happen in Poland too, in the quite near future. Of course, uh, the flavors are usually complicated mixture of chemical compounds. And there are, there are several compounds that shouldn't be in the flavors that are used for creating juice. 
let me just bring up one last time uh, with regard to metal particulates. And I guess that the issue is from coils and so forth that you are inhaling dangerous metals. Is there truth to that? Well, in fact, of course, as I said earlier, it's the problem of analytical chemistry. We can find anything in anything. There are metal particulates in the aerosol, but the level is so, so low that we can just say that, that, that this, we can neglect it. It's safe, it's safe. Of course, uh, someone could argue with me, but that's my point of view. Nirik, I know you're a big supporter of the Global Forum on Nicotine and its annual conference on safer nicotine products and tobacco harm reduction. I believe you've been to each GFN since 2014. That's amazing. GFN is coming up again this June from June 21st to the 24th. Let me ask you, why is an event like GFN important? Well, in fact, GFN is a very, very interesting conference. I've been to a numerous conferences the Polish Chemical Society, Canadian Chemical Society conference, etc., etc. But this one is absolutely exceptional. Why? Because several people, several hundred people from all over the world meet in one place. And well, we can, of course, we can hear the lectures, we can uh, be a part of the workshops, but the most important, at least for me, are the face-to-face -face meetings in the lobby, because we can discuss numerous problems with people from, exam for example, from Europe, from the States, Canada, from South America, from Africa, Asia, different people, different problems in each country. In some of them, e-cigarettes are banned. In some of them, like Australia, the nicotine is not easy to, to get, etc., etc. So exchanging the ideas, how to cope with that, how to move forward is something that's absolutely invaluable. That's why I, uh, when I was for the first time in GFN, I knew that this is absolutely a place for me. It is a bit of a bastion, isn't it, uh, for like-minded thinking? Yeah, that's that's right. Well, unfortunately, we uh, tried the organizers, Grzegorz Krul, etc. They tried to invite people from the Ministry of Health or Sanitary Inspectorate from Poland. Every year they got invitation. No, not a single person showed on the conference. So that's something unbelievable. We wouldn't eat them. We wouldn't kill them. We just want them to hear us and to discuss. We are open to discussion. 
So that brings me to my next question, Merrick. What do you think of vaping regulations in Poland specifically and in the EU in general? Tough problem, I would say. Well, the tobacco, infamous tobacco product directive in the European Union uh, was imposed several years ago, and that brought our growth of the number of vapors to a halt. It was also imposed in Poland a bit later, but still our regulations are tougher. So we we can only buy juice in 10 milliliter bottles, such a small bottle only. So we cannot have bigger ones. And the level of nicotine, the nicotine cap is 20 milligrams per milliliter. When I started, I used 24 milligrams a liter uh, per milliliter. And of course, you cannot buy pure nicotine. So you cannot mix your own liquid DIY, etc. Et and the other thing that is tougher than in other countries in the European Union is the ban on of online sales. What about taxes, Mirek? Are they a problem? Right now, the tax, the excise tax specifically, made the price of juice go up 30-40%. So if you compare the growth of the excise tax for vaping with excise tax for regular cigarettes, the regular cigarettes are not taxed that tough, like vaping products, specifically the juice. And even propylene glycol and glycerin are taxed just like those nicotine-containing products. I've often thought that some of the most vicious anti-vaping attacks come from former smokers who quit before the vaping era. It's almost as if they're sore about vapors having it easier than they did uh, quitting. What do you think about that? Absolutely, absolutely right. Several of my friends that are former smokers and they quit 15, 20 years ago, hey, for you it was so easy without any obstacles. So probably that's why they want to just make a barrier. We had a tough way going out of the habit, so you should cope with that too. You should you should be struggling as hell, just like we struggled at that time. And it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense, but you got a good point, yeah. I guess the promise of vaping is indeed quitting with no struggle. I agree with that 100%. <laughs>